Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Welcome to Seriously, the podcast from the New Statesman that takes pop culture seriously. I'm Caroline Crampton. And I'm Anna Leskovich. This week, we're going to be talking about the Emoji Movie and the BBC's period medical comedy, Quacks. We've also listened to the Perfume Genius album, No Shape, for the first time. So we'll be talking about how that went later in the show. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Seriously. It's August and in a couple of days for the, well, tomorrow, in fact, for the first time, I'm going to Edinburgh for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which I'm very excited about. Oh, that's awesome. Have you ever been before? I've literally never been before to either to the Fringe Festival or, in fact, to Edinburgh. Ah. And now I'm thinking, I don't think I've ever been to Scotland before, which is mad, isn't it? Really? Been to every other, like, British Islesy bit. Oh, I'm really excited. I've got a friend, Megan, who lives in Edinburgh and I'm staying with her. Hi, Megan. Shout out. She's very kindly letting me stay with her. And yeah, I'm just so excited. But I wanted to ask, seriously, listeners, if they have any Fringe Festival recommends for me. Or in fact, Edinburgh recommends, but especially Fringe Festival ones, if possible. That would be amazing. Oh, you're going to have such a good time. I have one very important recommendation from my several years as a student doing stuff on the Fringe, which is... Oh, please do. Get a baked potato from the place on Coburn Street. (laughs) Is that the highlight of your many trips well, up there? The baked potato? <laughs> kind of yes, because when you're putting on a play, you have no money and kind of nowhere to eat proper food. So the baked True. potatoes became quite important as a cheap <laughs> means of sustenance. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. What did you say? Coburn Street? Coburn Street, yeah. It's just off the Royal Mile. Oh, well, I love a baked potato. Beans and cheese. I'm there. Sounds great. Any other re- recommendations, whether food-based or not, please do chuck them my way. Seriouslypod at gmail.com. Or you can tweet me or whatever. I'm also going away again after Edinburgh for a week and a bit to the US of A, <laughs> which is very exciting. I do like to go on holiday there. But that does mean that I'm going to be away for one of our usual recording days, doesn't it? So we thought we'd prepare something for you anyway so you don't miss out on a seriously episode we're so generous i think so we don't like to miss a week so we thought what we'd do is ask you do you have any questions for us that you'd like us to answer we've actually had a couple of people email us questions recently that they want answered in live shows anyway so we will tackle those but if there's anything else you'd like to know from you know how we make this podcast to what are our views on various 
bits of pop culture to will we do xyz in the future then get in touch via email seriouslypod at gmail.com or on social media and let us know great what about you caroline what's new in your life Oh yeah, so I have been busy unpacking all my boxes. You remember last week we had a very important update on my moving progress. I have now unpacked. Well done, congrats. And also I started a zine, as you do. Oh, amazing. Which I'm very excited about. It's based off the email newsletter that I've been doing for yonks now. And yeah, it's called No Complaints and it's going to feature cool writing by cool people and lots of really good illustration and stuff like that that's amazing as a long time follower of no complaints the newsletter i'm very excited yeah well it's been really fun so far isabel greenberg the illustrator and graphic novelist who we've talked about her work a few times on the podcast she's a listener we love hi isabel uh she's done a really cool logo for it which i've put out already and i'm kind of collecting subscribers and money to make it bigger and better if any seriously listeners are interested if you just go to my twitter that's probably the easiest way to find it it's c underscore crampton yeah all the stuff is there yeah shoot me a message if you're interested so exciting just exciting seriously times everywhere we go we've still got some tickets available if you want to come and see us in person i'm not going to run through it all again you know the drill game of thrones quiz live episode at the London Podcast Festival. Oh, it's all on seriouslypod.com forward slash events. Yeah, I'm just going to get seriouslypod.com slash events tattooed on my forehead. <laughs> so wherever I go, yeah, everyone can see that handy URL. Okay, so rolling on with the show this week, the first thing that we're going to talk about is <laughs> the Emoji Movie. <laughs> Don't hate us, listeners. To define the Emoji Movie, it's a movie where all the characters are emoji. I th- emoji is the plural of of emoji i think so yeah that's my understanding like sheep Mm. (laughs) and i don't really know how much more i can possibly describe this movie it's ron seal it's totally what it says on the tin (gasps) look who just sent me a text addy mccallister what should i say just play it cool welcome to the world inside your phone where everyone is expected to act one way their whole life Aw snap ow my name is Gene, and I'm supposed to be a meh. meh. You know, like, meh, who cares? But my problem is, I have more than one emotion. Check this out. Huh? Huh? Son, please tell me you weren't laughing just now. What if you get sent out on the phone making the wrong face? Dad, I'll make the right face. Then I would finally fit in. Meh. Sweetie, you're so handsome when you make that face. I think he's ready, Mel. Meh. That's our user, Alex. We have an incoming text. We are go for men. Who, me? What's he doing? He's making the wrong face. Huh? What the heck? (laughs) But basically, they've tried to create this like inner world for the emoji to live in, like inside the smartphone, which is probably my main problem with this film, which is why I don't want to describe it like fact, but I will anyway. Hidden inside a smartphone, the bustling city of Textopolis is home to all emojis. Well, they've gone for the S in the press release. Each emoji has only one facial expression, except for Jean, an exuberant emoji with multiple expressions. But that's literally the premise. And the other emoji are like, why can't you fit in, Jean, and be the meh emoji that you're meant to be? Instead of doing like heart eyes or like tear of laughter emoji and it's really bad i feel like we just have to say up front it is really really bad it's bad in ways that i wasn't even expecting as well because i thought you know 
fairly weak premise, but there could still be some reasonable animated kids action out of this. Totally. But the thing that really got me was it's basically just a really long advert for phone apps, isn't it? Yeah, that's that is a thing that is annoying. There's like literally a line in it where they're like, we're going to go to Dropbox. This app is really secure. You need two-step authentication. I can't say that word, but you know what I mean? Like it's literally not even trying to disguise the advertisement in the lines of the movie. It's literally like, Dropbox is a great app. We should all download it onto our phones. And you're like, what? (laughs) What is this? The really dark thing for me as well was that I went to see it yesterday morning at like 10, 15, because I'm a freelancer and I can do things like that. And so there were only mums and kids in the screening. And one of the kids who I would say is not more than seven years old kept shouting enthusiastically every time he saw an app logo that he recognized in the way that you might <laughs> shout yay if like your favorite disney character came on screen or something so he was like youtube youtube that is fully hilarious i mean i did used to play the advert game as a kid with my sister where we would like have to guess the brand name before it like came up on screen from like the opening <laughs> yes. seconds of the advert yeah. i can't get too like oh what's happening to the youth of today about it but it's just like boring and bad and also i really objected to the world that they had created and the main plot line which are like two pretty massive things to object to but it didn't make sense there's no like one app where all the emoji live in your phone like they were obviously trying to create that like part of the keyboard where Mm -hmm. the emoji would live but then it doesn't make sense that all the other apps like the emojis can never go into them because you use emoji in like all the apps on your phone so i don't how does that work I don't like that it's called Textopolis because emoji are like not text. That's the whole point. None of it made any sense to me. And like the inner world of each app. So like, yeah, they end up in YouTube or Dropbox or Facebook or whatever. Like there's no consistency there at all. Like Spotify, you like go on a river of music and whatever. But in Facebook, there's just like loads of adult normal people like on phones in there. And you're like, wait, what? like one is like a really like weird metaphorical like abstract representation and the other one is just like a room with people on their phones in and you're like this doesn't make any sense and instagram you just can just like be inside all the pictures you've ever taken i quite liked instagram i thought that was the only one that i thought was quite fun and maybe slightly accurate in that the emoji were able to walk around inside a 3d representation of you know picture that the phone's owner had taken in paris but even that doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, because it doesn't. you don't get like emoji like wandering around. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh man. But like I know that I'm being too picky, kind of, but I just wanted at least like a vague attempt at some sort of consistency. But then if you we know? think back to when we watched Inside Out, a film that mm. is in some ways similar to this, in that it's an animated film mostly aimed at kids about the inner life of a child in one inside out it's inside her mind in the emoji movie it's inside the boy's phone and the main characters being round blobs with personalities yet inside out managed to work because the system that it created made sense you know the emotions each had a distinct look and a distinct personality and the system that they operated of you know different incidents coming in and then being characterized by different emotions and all that it had internal logic to it you know you could see how it worked whereas yeah as you say there are massive inconsistencies 
because I think no one really minds with a kid's film if it doesn't bear much relation to reality. That's not why you watch them. But they just need to be internally consistent. There are two big differences, I think, between Inside Out and the Emoji movie, aside from the obvious one of just quality. <laughs> but I think in Inside Out, it's like this a big imaginary world of like inside someone's mind, which is so like abstract to begin with, that it's just meant to be kind of like beautiful and poetic and whatever, and that's what you're meant to get out of it. The Emoji movie is obviously doing something different where it's taking like an existing thing that we sort of all know how it works. Everyone's got one. And I think even kids sort of know how it works a little bit. I don't know. I didn't. I really didn't like the way there was just like loads of like technical rubbish in there. I, it just frustrated me that they're that they were like using all these things, as you say, like as an excuse to kind of like get an advert in for a different app rather than because it like suited how the movie worked. And then I think secondly, the great thing about Inside Out is how much you care about the child who's head you're inside it's so real that was a big downfall of this movie that alex his name is is the boy who owns the phone you you spend barely any time with him you don't know anything about his character you literally barely see him all you yeah. know about him is that he has a phone and that he quite likes a girl in his class yeah we get nothing more about him at all and it's not like this movie is like super super you know, it's quite flabby in other places. So <laughs> there's not really any excuse in my mind for us not to getting to know that kid a bit more. And none of the emojis really seem to know the kid either. Why should they? They're like literally emoji. Like who cares? They don't, they're not meant to have a connection with this kid. Where like, obviously you're, as, an, as a person, you're meant to have connections to your own emotions and feelings. So that's like an important part of Inside Out. It's like her trying to navigate them and work with them and whatever. Yeah, this film just doesn't even try to make you care about that little boy. And I don't know. Also, he seems maybe it's, it's this kind of weird choice, I think, to go for like a high school kid. Mm. I feel like he's not meant to be far off like Mean Girls age. That seems weird for a film aimed at seven year olds. No, maybe he's the youngest he can conceivably be and still kind of independently have his own phone and stuff. I don't know. It's it's a very uh, confused concept. Yeah, there's just so many flaws in the premise. Like, that none of this works. Then there are also flaws in the actual characters themselves. If you just zoom in and think about the main plot arc of Jean the meh emoji who keeps making faces other than the one he's supposed to make, who goes on this journey of self-discovery where he's... Mm trying to get himself hacked so he'll always just be the one face and along the way they meet a mm. jailbreak her name is a princess emoji in disguise as a hacker <laughs> it's never described what that means yeah james corden is the hand emoji who for some reason is coming along too and I don't know, everything about the plot is stale and in some ways a bit offensive because overall the message seems to be she's a princess who doesn't really want to be a princess but in the end she learns it's okay to be a princess. It doesn't work for me any of that because it's like fundamentally the, the way you use emojis on your phone is not the way that like complex people behave, right? You actually don't want an emoji to be like six different emojis when you send it. You just want it to be the one emoji, that's the point. And like the solution of the film was for the emojis to like just change when you send them so you send like a moving gif emoji and you're like well that's not why i want <laughs> i mean i'm sure the kids aren't maybe aren't thinking like that when they watch this movie but that i just, I just literally none of it worked for me and also it just wasn't funny i sat in a screening full of kids and apart from the one who kept shouting out the brands he recognized none of them were really reacting at all exactly you know there there wasn't giggling or laughing or anything that you might expect in a film that kids were 
enjoying. Yeah, I had one adult laugh at like James Corden with his sugar addiction. <laughs> that bit wasn't funny. And that was it. And I was like, why are you laughing, babe? Like, I really don't know what you're like. Just the mum. None of the kids, just the mum on her own. But sure, fine. I was embarrassed for James Corden, were you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I think the problem is he's actually quite good at that, like, thing. He's got this whole joke on his show, hasn't he? Where he, like, pretends to be a real diva. He does all these sketches where he's, like, desperate to be in the band with Little Mix and he's, like, shouting at all the producers and blah, blah, blah. And, like, that can work, but it, in emoji form, it really just doesn't at all. Like, I don't know, he's, he's so disconnected from his like normal kind of comedy James Corden persona that it just becomes this weird like overblown kind of emotionless I don't know it just yeah really didn't work for me in the end I found myself just focusing on his voice and thinking about all the expression he was forcing into the very banal lines (laughs) he was being given and I my mind drifted and I was thinking wow like James Corden's had some I think, really expensive vocal training to be able to do this, which in a way is kind of impressive, but I'm sad that he's wasting this vocal range on the Emoji movie. Yeah, I don't know. I think this whole thing was just a mess from start to finish. There was nothing redeeming about it. Even the weird attempts at feminism were just, like, really crap. Ugh, yes. Yeah, don't go see the Emoji movie. I think you'll have more fun maybe, like, writing your own Emoji movie in your phone with emojis. Maybe try doing that instead. Yeah, that would be fun. (laughs) Do that with your friends. everyone i've been on the go recently phoenix kansas city chicago if you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home you have an airbnb hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle if you live in a big game town you can airbnb your place for fans to stay in your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Now we're going to talk about Quacks, which is a new BBC comedy starring Rory Kinnear, Lydia Leonard and Rupert Everett. It's set in Victorian London and features a group of four pioneering friends and rivals who are fighting to make their way in the medical world. My speed record for a full amputation of the leg above the knee is 92 seconds. I intend to break that record today. Unfortunately, 40% of the operations that happen in this room end in death. You cut his bollock off! You kill many more people than I do. You kill people all the time. I'm a surgeon, you're a dentist. How's that working, Mr Dickens? Red wine and cocaine. Any side effects? Nothing major. I'd like to attempt a new form of therapeutic treatment. May I touch your head? You may. Have you started yet? I think she's having an affair. Do you know who is? What are we doing? I intend to become a doctor. Well, that is never going to happen. Do you like to examine me? Certainly not. We are great, and we will transform medicine for the benefit of all mankind forever. There's a, a surgeon and a dentist and what they call an alienist, which I think is meant to be a kind of proto-psychologist, and so on. And it's really just about the patients that they treat, their interpersonal relationships, and the way that medicine is... <laughs> Bad? Kind of, yeah, the way the medicine is shakily making its way towards some kind of sense. There are things that you can clearly see that are good, like for this alienist, as he's called, saying, like, what about we talk to these patients with mental health problems? But then five minutes later, he's like getting out a skull and he's like, you know, oh, you can see what's wrong with people by squidging different parts of their brain. So, yeah, it's kind of a mixture of like fake developments or like developments that will be disproved later and real developments like the anesthetic that they seem to be pioneering does actually seem to be genuine even if it's dangerous so yeah and i guess that is a it's a premise that's ripe for comedy right that kind of like disconnect between what we know now of medicine and and what people must have known and thought back then yeah that's where your the laughs i think are primarily supposed to come from the fact that rory kinnear plays what he's hailed as the best surgeon of his age and yet he's performing operations in a blood spattered apron in a theatre in front of members of the public and most of his patients die. Totally. I have to say I did like the bits where there was kind of comedy found and the idea of Rory Kinnear's character being this like kind of local celebrity and like all these other women falling at his feet and whatever even though he's basically doesn't know what he's doing half the time um, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah, and there's also a bit of a setup about he and his wife are very, very different. You know, he's kind of boorish and mostly just wants to drink with his mates and maybe meet some nice ladies in the bar. And his wife is very high minded and she likes Dickens and, you know, she writes papers about the liberal future of Britain and she goes to see avant garde exhibitions and that kind of thing. Mm. And they don't really meet anywhere on an intellectual level yeah totally so how much did you laugh during this show 
this comedy show? Not at all. Mm. This was my big problem with it. On paper, it's something that I think if I read about it, I would like. And in fact, listener Sophie Davies emailed us last week, this is how I first heard about it, to say that she thought it was something that we'd really like. Mm. And she even points out that the makers of the show worked with the Wellcome Trust to ensure that the medical stuff was historically accurate and just basically points out that she thinks we'll like it. And I don't know, I just didn't laugh at all. I didn't find it funny. I found some of it a bit annoying and a bit like, "Mm, get on with it. And there wasn't any one character that I latched on as being hilarious. I love that you're like, I wanted them to get on with it when I feel like you're literally not averse to like very slow moving dramas. (laughs) No, not at all. But I think when something is in a half an hour, almost sitcom-y format, and yet halfway through you, you know, move your mouse to get up the progress bar to see how much is left. You're like, this is dragging. Yeah. And nothing that's half an hour long should drag. Totally. I I don't know if I laughed out loud at any point. I was finding it like gently funny. I thought all the performances were actually very, very good. I think all the the cast are all very good actors and I don't think you can fault them, any of them for their performances. I think they're really good. I really liked, you know, the wife character who's sort of struggling with like sexual feeling and whatever. Mm. And I thought that that dynamic between her, her husband and her doctor was actually really good because because they were just all good actors but then I'm like I would see these characters maybe in a slightly different program if that makes sense I felt the same about Rupert Everett's character because he Mm. plays the the head of the hospital and he's supposed to be a lot older than these young guys trying to change medicine Mm. and he has very even for the time very antiquated beliefs about how to treat patients and stuff like that and I think, yeah, the closest I came to laughing was when an old lady is trying to tell him that she's got some kind of gynecological problem and he he refuses to examine her or even really listen to her talk about her symptoms and he prescribes like sitting on a horse and going out of doors a bit. Yeah. And that's his idea of medicine. So that was the closest I came to actually laughing and his very solemn and deep voice that he does in it is quite good I thought I totally agree I I wanted to like it I did because I thought it had personality and and like I say I I literally am very fond of pretty much every actor in this because they are all really good so I did want to like it but there was just something not quite working for me and I don't know if it's just because I'm not into that kind of like fnaf fnaf they've got it all wrong sort of humor but maybe also sometimes comedy I know I only watched one episode and comedy stuff it does tend to get a while to like get going stuff like bbc half hour comedy i do find that often it takes a little while to get going so maybe i need to just plow on with it but when you're a seriously podcaster time is short for that yeah i watched two episodes in the second episode the main action is around the fact that dickens is in it dickens played by andrew scott oh i wanted to uh, yeah i wanted to ask you what's how was his performance because i mean i feel like having a someone play dickens is just like an absolute requirement for any Victorian drama. They always just bring Dickens in. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, Especially a BBC one. Dickens, I think, has been in Doctor Who multiple times. Yeah, he's been in loads of shit like that. I was kind of annoyed because I think Dickens should always be played by Simon Callow and therefore anyone else playing him is weird. Doesn't Simon Cowell go on little tours where he, like, is Dickens? 
like he like reads out <laughs> like chapters of Dickens novels as Dickens used to do. I've been to one. It's amazing. Oh wow! Oh, <laughs> so cool. because he's just having the best time. I love it. Of course, you've been to one of those. So good. I don't even like Dickens that much. I just really enjoyed <laughs> how much Simon Callow likes Dickens. <laughs> Great, I love it. So that was fun. But yeah, so I was slightly offended by the fact that they didn't cast Simon Callow. Yeah. Also, Andrew Scott, whilst I think a very good actor, he didn't really have that much to work with because the only character traits that this incarnation of Dickens had been given was being kind of a dick mm. and wanting people to constantly praise his own work so the the main scene that he's in is where they're sat around a dinner table and Rory Kinnear's wife that character she's a big fan and so she just keeps talking about all the bits in his novels that she likes and where every time she stops talking Dickens goes and what's another thing that you like about my work in a way that's just a bit like well we've we've been around that five times now can you stop yeah I wasn't a fan of that plot line um, Florence Nightingale is in it in the second episode as well. Is that a good representation? To be honest, I don't know that much about Florence Nightingale. No, me neither. But I did quite, <laughs> I did quite enjoy the fact that she's she's there trying to get them to clean things and open windows and treat patients a bit like human beings, that kind of thing. Mm. I did quite like the way that she. At the beginning, she's telling Rupert Everett that, you know, an angel came to her and told her that this is how you must do nursing. And obviously he's like, oh, well, if you're an angel, if you had a vision, then definitely we'll listen to you. And later on, Rory Kinnear's like, you didn't see an angel, did you? She's like, no, but people don't really listen to women when they have scientific thoughts. So I just made that up. Lol, classic. (laughs) So I've no idea if that's actually what Florence Nightingale had to do or whether she did genuinely believe that she saw a vision or whatever but so that was interesting well although it wasn't necessarily my absolute cup of tea i do think there's stuff to like about it and i i do think that there are things that that other seriously listeners might get out of it yeah definitely so i wouldn't not recommend it it's worth giving a chance based on the fact that it's written by the person who wrote rev Mm. which is for me anyway one of the funniest things i've seen in the last 10 years how interesting yeah i really think rev is amazingly written cool yeah it is written by that same person person and so maybe we should give it a chance okay well we'll leave it to seriously listeners to decide yeah let us know how you get on doctor doctor give me the news i got a bad case of loving you no pills gonna cure my ill i got a bad case of loving you so last week a listener recommended that caroline and i listen to no shape which is an album by perfume genius it's his fourth studio album it's one of my favorites from the last year so i have heard it before but caroline it was your first experience with this album so what did you make of it i absolutely loved it i've been listening to it non-stop for the last week it's so dreamy and swoony and beautiful and yeah i just can't get enough of it really so i'm very very grateful to the listeners and to you for making me listen to it i'm so glad you like it i really like that although it is yes dreamy and beautiful all those things you describe as i really like that it's got such a like fierce pulse Mm. it's like got quite heavy beats kind of at the heart of a lot of the songs it's i don't know it's got like a fire in its belly even when it's being quite like ethereal and yeah dreamlike as you say it's not completely whooshy is the word that comes to mind yeah it's got Mm. it's got a grounding both in its musical sense but also in the experiences that it's relating because it is Mike Hadreas's 
the main guy behind Perfume Genius, right? And mm-hmm. this record is a love letter to his partner and collaborator. And it's all about their relationship and the development of their love and their intimacy. And I don't know, the fact that it's got that story behind it, I feel stops it floating off into just lovely sounds as well. Yeah, and it's lyrically, yeah, it's got some really punchy lyrics, I think, and like funny lyrics as well and clever lyrics. And yeah, I just think it's such a wonderful record. So I went to see Perfume Genius with actually some people who've been on the podcast, Simran Hans and Laura Snapes. Mm. And that was on election night. (laughs) (laughs) So I was kind of like between two places at once because the New Statesmen obviously have a big party on election night. So I started at the party. Then we like jumped across the river to go and see Perfume Genius and and jumped back. Uh, So it was a very weird night to see him. But it was just such a great show. And his stage presence is is just something else. Like, it's amazing because Mike is quite a kind of, I wouldn't necessarily say shy, but like very softly spoken and quite reticent person, like when he's sort of speaking between songs. And I also saw him when I went to Seattle, I saw him uh, speak on a panel. And again, he was very softly spoken and not super kind of like forthcoming. And then... <laughs> when he performs obviously as so many as a lot of performers do but it feels really marked with him he just totally transforms and his dancing is absolutely amazing and his voice is just like incredible like incredible so i would really recommend going to a perfume genius gig if you if you find yourself able to at any point yeah actually laura reviewed the album for pitchfork i was just reading that this morning and i highly recommend that listeners go and check that out we'll put the link in the show notes because I really felt like she captured for me uh, I often find this with her reviews I I read them like oh that is what I thought thank you for (laughs) writing it down Laura that's the skill yeah Yeah. and uh, she talks a lot about transcendence and how it and both transcends experience and also makes you feel like you've risen above things it's yeah it's really good oh that's great well we'll definitely link to that but what about next week Caroline what are we going to be doing so we are going to take a recommend from the inbox. This comes from Emily Fox and she is recommending a radio programme called Love in Recovery. She says it aired first a couple of years ago, but Radio 4 is rebroadcasting it ahead of a new series. It's about six members of an Alcoholics Anonymous group and their stories. It's at once hilarious and heartbreaking and has a real feeling to it. The writer was an alcoholic and it's written from his own experience. So yeah, that sounds really interesting so we're going to check that out that sounds so so interesting yeah I'm really up for that so I think we're going to be listening to it on audible is that right yeah so there are still a few episodes available on the radio iplayer but the whole thing I think series one and two are available through audible the audiobook subscription thing if you have that we'll put a link to it in case you need to be able to find it and yeah as Emily says a new series is coming soon so if you want to try it out in advance of that you can listen along with us exactly I'd recommend if you do want to listen along get it get in there soon while the while there's still four episodes or so still on still on iplayer and we'll discuss next week love and recovery Thanks for listening to this episode of Seriously, the pop culture podcast from the New Statesman. On seriouslypod.com, you'll find all our back episodes, including our specials on Harry Potter, Love Actually and Friends. We're also available many other places on the internet, including on Twitter, Facebook and Tumblr. 
We're SRSLYpod on all of them. We love getting your recommendations for things we should feature on the show or just hearing your thoughts on what we've already discussed. Get in touch on social media or email us on seriouslypod at gmail.com. And if you've really enjoyed this episode, why not go to iTunes and give it a rating and a review? It helps other people find the show. And if you feel strongly that more pop culture needs to be taken seriously, spread the word and tell your friends and family about the podcast. Thank you.